We are April and Scott, creators of NaughtyGym.com, and this is The Naughty Gym Show. For years, we've been fitness and nutrition coaches to thousands of people through our commercial gyms and online platform. We've also spent nearly a decade in an ever-evolving open relationship. This show brings together two of our biggest passions, fitness and sex positivity. Our mission is to maximize the physical and mental health of anyone brave enough to explore relationship structures that run counter to societal norms. We have demolished our old ways of thinking about relationships and from that rubble built a life full of happiness, adventure, and vitality. And now we want to help you do the same. So hop on the treadmill, start the show, and let us teach you how to never stop playing. Welcome uh, to episode, I think, 14. And we've got some friends of ours here from it's about as far away in the United States as they could be from us in Oregon, <laughs> Matt and Cara. Turnkist. I have no idea if I pronounced that correctly. Quist. 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 <laughs> and uh, they are members of Naughty Gym. And Cara is a pelvic floor specialist and a fitness trainer and I don't know what Matt does. But, Matt is yeah. also a fitness trainer. <laughs> also, also coach trainer, and but mostly I manage a big general population gym. And uh, they are super cool people who we have never met in person, uh, but we will soon here at our event, Be Better at Being Bad at Hedonism in Jamaica, January 6th through the 13th. So welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to yeah, be here. We had Kara on a couple of times and she's also done a public floor workshop for our Naughty Gym community and well, for anybody who wanted to do that. She will also be doing a workshop, a public floor workshop in Hito with us in January. Mm -hmm. And she'll also be on our body image panel with the women when yeah. we discuss body image issues and how to overcome them. And by the way, something we have never said on any of our shows before is if you're listening to this, please click the subscribe button, especially uh, or click like, uh, because we don't ever say that. And I hear other people on their YouTube and podcast shows That's what you're supposed to say do. that. And so I think it really helps the algorithm. So do that if you don't mind. And you'll see all of our stuff pop up in your feed. All right. So what we're going to talk about today is essentially we're going to start hashing out a text message that you and Kara had between yourselves yeah. very recently. Yeah. So um, Kara and I messaged back and forth a lot of times, pretty lighthearted stuff, but she had asked me a question kind of about jealousy and flirting and watching Matt um, engage with someone and kind of how she was feeling. So Kara, would you kind of share that story with us and we'll just get right into it. Well, wait a minute. Actually, what? before we do that, let's talk about real quick. Um, because I think this is always interesting for people. How long have you guys had a, an, a type of open relationship? Uh, when did it start? Why did it start? Who started it? Just kind of give us a quick Cliff Notes version of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sure. So uh, we've been married for 10 years now. So the trip to Hito is our 10-year anniversary trip yeah. um, <clears throat> celebration. Um, and we have been open for about two years. And I'll tell you that um, I shared a little bit about this on the pelvic floor podcast, but I sort of feel like I've always had it in me to be non-monogamous. I've always kind of seen relationships that way, especially looking through like an evolutionary biology perspective. If you look at the way humans and behave and the way apes behave and whatever, but now this isn't the cliff notes version. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but 
we, we, I had a vacation with one of my girlfriends and I remember just something like I had kind of felt like, like sex was sort of over for me. I had had a baby and my body had changed and my feelings about my body had changed. And I'd like, didn't fit into any of my lingerie. So I like rage threw it out. And then I just went on this vacation with, with my girlfriend and we just sort of, it like was like some kind of sexual awakening. And I can't really describe exactly what, but there was like sunshine and bikinis and lots of attention from men that I just hadn't had. And when I came back, I was just talking with him about how that made me feel and how like alive and sexually hungry it made me feel to have been flirted with. And yeah. that's what started that conversation between us. And so, so, so you go on a girl's trip mm-hmm. with no plan, no plans beforehand of, uh, you're not in an open relationship. You guys nope. haven't said anything like before you left, Matt, you didn't say, Hey, Carl, feel free to flirt with guys if you want to. It just sort of happened. No. And it kind of got, it kind of got a fire started with her. How did you feel when she told you that that kind of stuff happened while she was away? Uh, So I have, I mean, I can be pretty oblivious, but I've always known that, that Cara, because we've, I mean, I love the shit out of this person and I'm very interested in her and what kind of like wakes her up and interests her. And I was very kind of entrenched in monogamy and then like here she's like you know she has these books like sex at dawn and she's a you know she has a master's degree in feminine anthropology and i'm like uh, you know so i'm like learning about all this stuff i'm like oh this there's this whole other world and so i uh, i will be honest when she went away on that trip i just because it was such a big trip and such a big potential experience away from me it was really hard um, because I was sort of fearful of, you know, uh, of that sort of expansion of her without me being there. Sure. And, and then, and then like, and which was an amazing, beautiful thing. And then mm-hmm. that thing that like part of me feared literally happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it was, it was, uh, it was sort of a shock, but it was also like, it was a shock. Like if you had sort of, you know, like you knew, like I kind of knew it was coming. So it was sort of a, it was sort of a different thing. You're kind of well, he, for a little bit. Yeah. Well, and he was in a space for a really long time where it felt like if I gave something to someone else, it would mean less for him. We had, we played around with the idea and then we were like, okay, we're going to try this. And then he was like, no, I don't think I can. So I was like, that's fine. But then he saw me sort of kind of shut back down in that way. It was like that switch had been turned that on. That was the awful, yeah. awful. Well, wait a second. So you come back from the trip, you've had some attention from God and tell that story to Matt and Matt, you were uncomfortable with it or look. And one of the things that surprised me when we got into non-monogamy or consensual non-monogamy is how many men love, and they may not expect this initially, but they love to see their wife being flirted with or, you know, ultimately even having sex with. Mm-hmm. So she, but, but this hasn't been a conversation she guys had before she went on the trip. So she goes on the trip, gets flirted with, comes back and tells you about it. How did you feel when she's telling you these guys were flirting? with me? So uh, literally, how did I feel in my body? Yeah, I want to say that, like, I want to say before I go into this, that like, I love that now. Now I'm at that place, Scott. Like I, like, 
I mean, 98% of the time, except for those kind of random times that come up for, which I'm so glad to hear that other folks struggle with that too. Just like, why did that bother me? But so that was where I was. But what felt like at the time was uh, because there was kind of this sense of like, because I kind of felt this coming and I knew this was within her and that like I within myself as a man could not provide this kind of experience, this mm-hmm. kind of openness. It was terrifying and the, my fucking like guts went out from me. Like it was like, <gasps> yeah. You know? But, but the weirdest thing I want to just say that like, there was also this, relief so after we had that discussion where i saw i saw her light go out when i said the words i would prefer to remain monogamous can't even say it now and and she was just like it was i mean it was just like um and i i couldn't i couldn't abide you had the conversation did you guys like she said i would like to be non-monogamous i mean you just came out and said that Mm-hmm. And then you said Matt changed his mind. Did you have a date lined up? Like, what was that first step? No, we were just sort of talking through what it would be like. And I honestly, I also didn't really know what it was that I actually wanted. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I thought in the beginning, like, maybe I'm like pretty demisexual, like that I'd want like a boyfriend. And like, I explored that and that felt pretty threatening, but I hadn't even explored that yet. We were just talking. We were talking about messaging. Just talking about like messaging with other people, maybe getting on an app. Like what it was just the very, like, how would this work? And he's like, I just don't think I could do it. And so I was like, okay. And I think that what happened is that in those first initial conversations, I felt like for like the first time in a relationship, that I could show up like completely authentically. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I had never shown this part of myself to someone else because I always felt so much shame about it. Yeah. Like I, I, even though like intellectually I'd read these books, I believed that humans by nature are non-monogamous mm-hmm. and, you know, or whatever, at least that would could be an option. And that has been an option for our ancestors. Right. Um, I, I still felt so much guilt and shame over not, being able to be like the right kind of wife mm-hmm. and just like, why do I always need more? Cause he's like, he's amazing. Like when we get into this conversation, like he is everything. He has this beautiful body. this like, like amazing dick. He's like, <laughs> he has like, the typical part, but then like, he's, he's kind mm-hmm cares about my pleasure he's explorative in sex like he's just like of the whole the package and so then i'm left thinking like why why do i want more like what else is it that i want and oftentimes i get frustrated because i'm like why can't you do this more like what she's getting with him like yeah so it wasn't that you were missing something from your relationship with Matt because no. he was meeting all of your needs in in that relationship. Yeah, the relationship itself is so great. It's that I just have this like it's like a I, I can't describe it besides like it's this this desire for variety and I love connecting with people and I love letting that connection expand to like deeper 
like physical or friendships and things like, you know, and, and it makes sense to me. Like I have really, really close friendships, lots of them. Yeah. Right. Um, and so why not also have that with people that I share my body with sometimes? Right. Yeah. So I, what was it? Sorry. What was it that ultimately changed your mind, Matt? I couldn't see the light. Like there was no way <clears throat> I could not honor her and be entrenched in my fear. Yeah. That's it. Like, no, fuck no. That's not a good, (laughs) that's not, that's not, that's just not acceptable. Right. So So, so, you've come a long way then in two years, right? So where are you? I know everything's so fluid in the lifestyle, like full swap, Mm -hmm. soft swap, like all these labels, but (laughs) where, where are you guys at right now? We are, um, we're really enjoying swinging. Um, cause we tried, like we tried, like I did some individual dating. Um, we've got, we, we've gone to clubs, like he's done some, like some texting and stuff. And then we can talk, like I had some issues with jealousy then ironically, mm-hmm. cause I was the one that really wanted this. And then it was pushed me right up against my like biggest fears. Yeah. Um, and so right now, like I, I really like exploring like the, all the options. Like I have a, I have a partner right now that I, I consider to be like a partner, like a deep emotional partner. And we've hooked up physically a couple times, but it hasn't, it's not something that will happen very often. It might not happen again, but I'd still consider that like deep connection to be somebody that I love and, and connect with. And and so that's, that's sort of where we are. It is very fluid and it seems to change often. Like even just preparing for Hedo, we've had so many more conversations. I guess where I'm at now is that uh, I, I feel more aware of the things that kind of get in my way. And I've, I'm right now, my main practice is giving myself grace for having little reactions and feelings because if I don't give myself grace and I get into an in- internal struggle about it, oh, Jesus, like, God help anybody that's around me. Like, it's just <laughs> kill the vibe of everybody around me if I'm just <laughs> with myself in my head. I don't know anything about that, man. Yeah, I'm sure you don't. Yeah. Uh, so, like, that's that's kind of my main practice. I, I, I'm having, I mean, just like little things like as we get prepared for keto. And as we talk to people, like, this is just, it's been really fantastic. Like, I i didn't realize how much little, these little workouts and getting kind of along the way that, you know, little things will come up. And I'm like, oh, here's an opportunity in a really low stress and pressure situation for me to, like, kind of look at what's going on here. And yeah. it just, it increasingly feels, all this feels increasingly light. And, um for me, my, the, my need to be special, like I have to be special. And so my, my need to be very special to her is increasingly not tied to sucking and fucking. And that, that like, and also I'm actually opening up to the potential of my own pleasure instead of being along for the ride and, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. happens now Mm -hmm. it's that, and that feels like really kind of freeing and liberating and, and it's a turn on for her and Mm -hmm. it's really cool. Well, and and that need to feel special. Cause I feel like that's something that a lot of people feel like they'll lose. Like, but if you're giving yourself other people, then 
I'm not <laughs> going to be that special person anymore. Yeah. You don't have, you know, and but you don't lose that. Well, and it's almost no. it's, it's almost the opposite of that. I know for me, mm-hmm. I can only speak for me, but if it wasn't for the fact that I have a partner in my life that for the first time in my life, I feel like I can be a hundred percent who I am. I can say my darkest, most twisted fantasies. And she's either going to say, Oh, that's sexy or go, oh my God, you're so weird, but I love you. <laughs> and I, I there's, there's no aspect of my life that I have to hide from her. And, mm-hmm. and I know that no matter what I say, she's going to love me because of it, not just despite of it or despite. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have that incredible confidence in what we have and I feel complete with her, I then feel the security and safety to be able to give a little piece of myself away to somebody else occasionally. Mm-hmm. Because I do, I love that feeling of those butterflies, that new relationship energy connecting with that other person. But And that's not scary anymore because I have so much confidence in us. But it would be terrifying. It was terrifying at first. And, and still is sometimes. And still can be, especially yeah. when we try something new like this separate dating we've been talking yeah. about trying. Uh, but it's because of the confidence that I, that we have in each other uh, that we can have confidence to give a little little of ourselves away to somebody else. Right. Which doesn't mean that we never feel jealousy or any, you know right. run into issues. Which brings me back to Kara's message. We've got- oh, yeah. So um, would you mind sharing that a little bit about that message? Sure. So we were just, we were thinking about Hito. And I'll tell you that when I think about like swapping type of situations, I get a little bit nervous Mm -hmm. because of like what I said, like my view of Matt is like, he is just like such a specimen. He's so like, he's, he's so like, he's sensitive, he's kind, he's thoughtful. And, you know, he does all the things that he does (laughs) that are just amazing. And so I'll just keep talking about it. He's going to turn. Yeah, I love it though. That is hilarious. But I need to hear that. That's yeah. words of affirmation. It, it so, is nice. It's nice to hear. Yeah. So, and then like my anthropologist brain gets involved. And so I start thinking about like, he is very like standard. He's like the, the current like body standard in our society, right? And we know that those change. They've changed over all kinds of generations. But I'm thinking about like desirability politics and the difference between what people are going to see when they see me and what people are going to see when they see him. And that in a swapping situation, people are going to be like, I'm here for like the six pack abs, but I don't know about all those rolls and curves. And it makes me feel like really nervous and inadequate when I think about it in that way. But I want to be really clear that like I, I don't think that I'm ugly. I don't. I think that I believe that I'm attractive. I just wish that our society allowed for more diversity in desirability and like what we see, like I'd love to see like a fat bachelor or something yeah. like, like something where I am affirmed and right. like not, and, and that just doesn't exist right now in a lot of, a lot of what we see. And mm-hmm. so I start feeling myself getting like really clenchy. And then I'm starting to think about like the last swapping experience that we had. So, so turns out, that when we went on this girl's trip, that my friend that I went with also decided to try to open her relationship. And it was a very different reasons and results. Yeah. And so 
she was also our first threesome. So he actually, like, he did pretty well. Like we decided to open our relationship and we went right into a threesome and yeah. he did, he did okay. Watch out, Nice job, man. Afterwards, I remember sitting there in my muumu in the living room and we were drinking like peppermint tea and we were looking at each other. It was like, okay, that was okay. That and was I was like, we like <laughs> did that just happen? <laughs> it just happened a number of times since that so, initial time. So we had this fabulous idea to try to swap so her and her husband me and my husband because we're like like we've been really good friends for so long the threesome worked really well and that was fine so let's try this so we're sitting around the table talking about like a date we finally set a date where we could, could get childcare and all this stuff and we're like okay so what are you looking forward to the most and so he and my friend are sitting there like making eyes at each other talking about like what they want to do to one another and this dude is like, man, I'm so excited for this steak I'm going to have at this restaurant. And I literally like, like, I like my whole being just like misfired. I've never I, seen her like that before. I picked up my purse and I just drove away and I drove for like two hours. Like I was just gone. I'm like, fuck, like, I'm out. Yeah. Wait a minute. He, wait a minute. He makes a comment at the table about he's looking forward to steak and you literally immediately got up and just left. Yes. Good for you. Like, hey, are you okay? And, you're, and she was like, she's like, yeah, I'm fine. Right. And she just got like, she, she was like a maniac. That's exactly what I what you like, should have done. I was like, I'm literally coming in second best to a, like an a actual piece of, piece of meat. Like I'm the meat. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Main course here, baby. Main course. Yeah. So, have, you, have you talked to them? Have you talked to them about this since then? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We had a whole There's, everyone involved with this person knows exactly what they're thinking. What what <laughs> she's thinking and there and sh that it will be hashed out for sure. <laughs> well, what what really struck me was that's not uncommon. Right. It happened to me, it's happened to some of my girlfriends, not that same thing, but a similar thing where you are in this situation. And you see your partner being attentive and doting on the other woman and you're mm -hmm. left sitting there talking about insurance. Mm -hmm. oh, like what is wrong with me? And which feeds immediately into our insecurities, right yeah. or wrong, you know, mm -hmm. that we have, I start going, it's because she's petite or she has shorter hair and he likes pixie. And I start mm -hmm. like doing all of the crazy stuff in my head that shouldn't yeah. be there, but it just like fuels that fire. And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. I am not worthy to be with this person. And um, yeah. I start feeling jealous that Scott is treating her so much better than I'm getting treated. And I'm like, he should be directing that attention at me now. Um, why yeah. doesn't so, and he ends up feeling like he did something wrong. Yes. And I'm so, like, you didn't do anything wrong. You were well within the parameters of what we discussed. That was a me issue, but I need, I didn't need you. I needed you. I, yeah. I, do, I do want to interject here and this may not be taken the right way, but it sounds like for Matt and I, we, we are just Casanovas. <laughs> right. Am I, am I? right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's right. 
I think you picked up exactly what she was putting down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure I understood what So we had the same experience the very first time we went to a sex club. So yes, we did. We so we were there and we were like pointing out who we thought was cute and like like some some guy approached me and we started talking and then some girl that he was interested in on the dance floor came up and stood right next to us and so I was like, "Hey, my husband thinks you're hot. Like maybe, you know, and so they, they hit it off. So like, we're going to go to our room. They're going to go to a room. And so we left first and kind of got started. And it turns out like I got with somebody that like only likes missionary and I like missionary. It's fine. It's, you know, it's, I've had some great orgasms that way. And, but, but I'm listening. They ended up in the room right next door and i'm hearing him ask her ask her like what she likes what she wants to do and then i'm hearing like ah ah smack smack like all the spanking and like i'm like and i'm just sitting there in missionary like (laughs) staring at the ceiling going god please finish yeah i mean i persevered i still had a couple orgasms However, I wasn't happy about them. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I've had um, I've had some play sessions where because we've always been same room, so where I look over and I'm like, "Oh my god, why am I doing this?" Because this is so mediocre, and he is railing this girl, and yeah. everybody yeah. Like she is getting the goods yeah. and I'm like, why am I sacrificing myself for this? Right. Do yeah. you think that, do you think that happens sometimes? Because I think some okay. guy, uh, well, I, <laughs> I think that some guys want to believe that they know what a woman wants without asking the woman. What and they that, want. I think that culturally we believe we're taught that we know what a woman wants. Yeah, one of the things I have learned in what eight years or so of this consensual non-monogamy stuff is that not only do I not know what every woman wants, they all want something different. And unless yeah. you have, unless you have long extended, uh, you can't just say, "Hey, what do you like?" and they give you a list of three things. This is a this is going to be a, a conversation that's going to take a while. You need to get to a place where you can sit down and be comfortable and mm-hmm. have an extended conversation and don't rush off to get to the bedroom so that you can have an orgasm. Take your time, mm-hmm. ask a lot of probing questions, and then mm-hmm. ask more questions. And then when you mm-hmm. think you've got it figured out, maybe ask a few more, and then and then maybe you'll do a good job in pleasing that woman when you get to the bedroom. But if you yeah. think if you just know how to push somebody's buttons, I'm telling you, everybody is so different. Do you think men are embarrassed to ask because no. it may look like they don't know what they're doing? Well, maybe. I think so. And I, I think it's cultural. Like, like you know, like we, we, it's like a, it doesn't seem sexy. Like I've, I've heard, heard this conversation like, oh, well, it takes like, it takes you out of the moment. And I'm like, it is the moment. Like there's yeah, nothing right. sexier to me than somebody who's like, how do you like it? Are you feeling like something more sensual or do you feel like a little impact play? Like, do you like right. to be bitten? No. Do you like to be? Like, and, and to have somebody take the time to ask. And I think like, 
you know, we've gotten a little bit, cause I, I, it turns out I like impact play, but by exploring some of those BDSM things, like if you're into BDSM, most people are very fluent at these kinds of conversations because the, the whole point is to provide pleasure for that person. Mm-hmm. And the BDSM world, and we've learned this, they do, they have a lot of open communication about their play session. And it's very rare that, well, I don't know that we've ever talked to anybody that would go into a play session without having those conversations. Like it's very dreaded to make sure that everyone's safe. And I think it's important to all guys should know that if you sit down and have a genuine conversation with another woman that you've never had sex with, but that possibility is on the table and you spend some time asking questions about what they like, you are not going to kill the mood. You're not going to kill the organic nature of, of what's about to happen. In fact, you're going to heighten it and you're both going to get yourself super worked up just having those conversations. So even if you feel uncomfortable with just commit to having the conversation and you'll probably, Mm -hmm. you can come thank me and Matt later. Yeah. (laughs) So we were talking on the the way here or when we were driving um, because Scott's a good flirt. He's a good conversationalist and um, he asks very probing questions, very good, thoughtful questions. And so it makes you feel special because he's, you know, talking to you. And so he said, "Does am I just good at flirting and some guys aren't? And maybe that's the case, but I would rather a guy say, you know, I'm really nervous right now. Yeah. And I'd be yeah. like, that's Thank totally you. cool. I can lead the, with the, some questions then. But if yeah. you just come out talking about insurance and stake, I'm going to be like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Like, what, what are you t- doing? I'd like, be like. Blah, 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 blah. I'd be like, fuck off. Like, right. you know. like, I would much rather guy just be honest and be like, look, I'm super nervous right now. Like, yes. okay, yeah. we can, yeah. we can go from there. That's being transparent like that about yes. feelings. Even if you're, uh, you're, you're being transparent about being insecure. Yeah. Is, yeah. is engaging. It is, uh, it, it will draw people in. You don't have to be the coolest guy in the room. Well, and Scott said this to me before when we've been in situations where I'm like, I just don't think that guy's into me. And he's like, well, I think he's intimidated by you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, but so he's not going to talk to me. <laughs> Does he right. think he's going to fuck me later? <laughs> like, right. that's not how this works. Right. Like he's going to have to speak to me at some point. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah, I follow, uh, John Romanello on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I know him from fitness. Um, but he, he, people ask him all the time, like, what's the best way to do this or to do that? And he's every time he's like, you ask, you ask them what they like. You ask like, like there's no one way to give a perfect blow job besides asking the person exactly what they want. And then doing the things that feel comfortable for you from that list. Yeah. So I, I don't know how you feel about this, Scott, but I, I like, I can appreciate the things that I know and I can draw from my experience, but I basically enter any kind of situation. I mean, I find a lot of novelty with her because like our, all the context changes a lot. And so like, I'm always trying to be open-minded and kind of service oriented and then I find that in my experience in the two years that we've been doing that, that's worked out really fucking well for me. Um, 
And and there's a difference between being like present and service oriented and being performative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. For me, there's like, it's like a, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that happens to me if I get into like, mm-hmm. I'm expected to do this. Or... Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's no good. I think for everybody, men and women alike, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong on this, there is nothing hotter than feeling like you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not, there's nothing for wrong. your partner, right? Not like putting on a good show. Well, right. Oh, no, I mean, I, I'm saying that if the person that you are with in that moment is having a good time, yeah. it's so empowering mm-hmm. to feel like, all right, good for me. I've helped them have a, you know, a pleasurable experience. You will, you will have so much more success if you just have those conversations going into those moments uh, because yeah. not every woman likes to be fingered, but some love it. Not every woman likes anal. Some love it. Not every woman likes... Me and Cara in 2024. You do not love anal yet. You just want to. I said it's 2024 goals. Yet. Listen. Yeah. We're... <laughs> let's, let's 2024. That's right. There you go. It's going down I think you might have a chance tonight, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Cara, I want to ask you, because when I read the initial text message exchange between you guys, I like, well, she's your, she's your mirror image. And you guys think exactly like when you're in, uh, when you're at a party or an event or something, it's a lifestyle consensual non-monogamy party. Do you feel any hesitancy to flirt with other men? Sure. Yeah, like I, we just ta- we've been talking about that a lot. Like I, um, I'm still when I'm with him, I'm very aware of like, is he doing okay? Is he going to react to something that I'm doing? Is you know like, <clears throat> so because when we've been together, most of our interactions have been with like me and another woman or two other women or what, you know, like they're there. He, he has, he's only seen me have sex with another man. One <laughs> time. Smirking. And so he's like, it's real rough. Matt. I know. <laughs> he's really, God bless you, man. <laughs> so, so I've had some individual experiences, but ironically, if he were to have those kind of individual experiences, I would really struggle or I do really struggle when those things kind of start. And so there's a bit of a thing right now where it feels sort of awkward that mm-hmm. there's like asymmetry in our relationship mm-hmm. where he'll say like, it's okay. Like I'm comfortable with it. So you go do the thing, but <clears throat> I become very aware especially in like a swapping kind of situation or like if I'm, if I'm, if he's watching me begin like the flirt with somebody where I can be very aware of, of what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, so I'll ask you and it'll be, cause I'm interested to hear your answer and see if it is similar to the, her answer. I, um, and, and kudos to Matt because he's stronger than I am obviously, but, I don't like the asymmetry. Now, I understand that it's not necessarily a bad thing. That Some people like Matt can be okay with you going on a separate date or whatever, and, and you not being okay with him going on a separate date. And that's fine if that's fulfilling for both of you. And we've been experimenting or wanting to experiment with separate dating. And we both said, that's okay. You go, I'll go. We'll both do our things. Um, 
But where it comes up, the asymmetry for us is mm-hmm. I would love to watch her in a, I do love to watch her at a party, just, fl- just flip the switch with no regard to me, just go around the room and flirt with whoever you want to have fun. Mm-hmm. I'll be here when you get back. Mm-hmm. That's the part. And you stop me if I'm wrong about this, but that's the part that makes her the most uncomfortable. It's not seeing me have sex with somebody. It's seeing me right. put my arms around them, whisper mm-hmm. in their ear, kiss them. Well, and I think we've discussed this before because when I am flirting with somebody in the way that he flirts with somebody, it's typically because I have the intention of, I want to take this further. That's not mm-hmm. necessarily his intention though. He just likes to flirt. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always hyper aware of the message that I'm sending somebody else where mm-hmm. I don't want to mislead them, it, you know, and obviously it's not my responsibility what anybody else feels, but I always feel protective of other people. Like I don't yeah. want them to feel like I'm misleading them or, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to take this further than I'm actually trying to take it. And so I do refrain a lot um, and, and hold myself back a lot from the flirting with other men yeah. because of that. And I always feel like you hold back a little bit because you're afraid that if you, um, if you just start flirting randomly with people at the party and just letting go, mm-hmm. that that will then in turn, give me permission to do the same thing. And, and that's not something you're comfortable with. That's that's a great point. There have been times where, um, I, you know, I get kind of overwhelmed when I've sort of explored solo, uh, interact. I haven't gone on a solo day, but like, it, it's not so much, I mean, what she feels is really important and like her level of comfort when it comes to me, solo dating is certainly informs my decision to do so. But the other thing that informs my decision to do so is just that like, I get, I have kind of a sensitive nervous system and I don't really like it's, it's sort of, it becomes a challenge to figure out how to interact with women (laughs) that are not Cara, but -hmm. yet are not just like women at the gym or casual friends or something. I'm just like, God, it's like, it feels like I'm, I'm, I'm overthinking this and it's no longer fun. And so in the times that I've tried to do something like that, it's, it's as much because of my own experience as it is because of some kind of asymmetrical like rule thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's very, that's very kind of him, but, <laughs> but I, what I, further, like part of that restraint is also because like it's aspects of this have been challenging for me. And so like, if I do something and especially if I, if I'm afraid that she's going to do something almost in, not in retribution, but in order to sort of feel as validated or whatever, that is a threat to me. So I appreciate you bringing that up, Scott, in the context of April. It's, it's, I can relate to that for sure. Yeah. But I, I want to speak to another part of it, which is that like, I, um, I have some major dad issues. Like I grew up super close to my dad up until adulthood. And about six years ago, my dad and I got in like our only fight where I spoke up for myself and told him how I felt about something. And he has never spoken to me since not my family. He hasn't had nothing to do with my children, nothing. And so I spent like years feeling like men will surprise you and leave in a drop of a hat, no matter how much like history and equity you have with them. 
Yeah. So I have so much fear mm-hmm. of him doing that sometime that I, it's like, like I could watch him have sex with other women all day and it turns me on so much, but seeing him engage in like a, like a relationship with somebody else feels so threatening. I think because of the healing that I'm doing right now with my dad and like, and I'll say it's more intimate than just sex. Right. right. I understand it too. And like, yeah. I want, I want him, like, I want us to develop close friendships with people that we also fuck. I really do. And I, and so navigating that, but also like finding ways to continue to communicate so we feel safe. That's where a lot of the asymmetry comes from. So I know he, he says he has his thing, which kind of makes it feel more comfortable for him. But he also like, has seen my pain and he mm-hmm. loved the shit out of me. And I think that there is a part of him that sort of just can't do anything that he knows is going to hurt me. So when he sees me have a freak out or get sort of tight, like he really, he, he struggles to sort of, um, to continue. It's not fun. Right. It's like, it's yeah. fun if it's hurting yeah, your right, Cause it's not, it no longer, the, the importance mm-hmm. is just, it's not even close. It's no longer about the two of you, right? You continue. We're constantly like dancing this line between like interdependence and codependence there, right? Because there's there's a wound there that's not his fault that I I am healing and is my responsibility. But it's also like I also don't think that it's the healthiest thing in a relationship, which we see a lot in Polly, which is like you need to handle your own shit. And you need to like hunker down and fix it yourself. Don't let anybody else get involved. And that's just not how we operate. We are interdependent, but I know that there's times when like I shut things down because of my, my pain that probably like, I I feel like I shouldn't have. Well, I think that's a great point. I think the more dependent I have become on her, this is going to sound so stupid. The more dependent, the more I can count on my dependency to her, the less dependent I am on her. Like, yeah, yeah, I know that at any moment, under any circumstances, no matter what, she's my safety net. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I can take risks. Yeah. Now, sometimes I take too big a risk because of that. And, and, And she has to she has to pull me back in a little bit. But it is not that I'm ever out there trying to replace something I don't currently have. It's that I have everything I could ever want. And uh, that gives me the, um, the courage, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word, but the, the freedom and courage to go out and, and do things that, you know, most people just don't feel like they can do, but it, mm-hmm. it is because I'm so comfortably dependent on her that I can be independent of her. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's I, that doesn't sound stupid at all, Scott, like that, that really rings true to me as well. Cause the more we've gotten into this, the more open I have become in, you know, like feeling more calm as he's exploring, because the other part of it is that if he's always shutting things down because of my reaction, then I develop this like distrust of like, what do you really want? Like, I don't oh, know. God. Yes. Like, right. Like, yeah. And, it, and 
you know, and he's like, I just want you to be okay. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, like, I'm like, I'm kind of open to whatever. And she's like, no, but what do you fucking want? And I'm like, I so we've had similar <laughs> conversations because in, we all have a history. We all have our trauma points and things that kind of cause visceral reactions, whether we want them to or not. Mm-hmm. But I think that's kind of the beauty of the non-monogamous journey is you kind of get to heal through that kind of stuff together. Yeah. Right. It's a context in which to right. do that and stuff. So, telling her about that and thanking her. For I, that. Like, I don't want to see him flirt with another woman right now. I'm okay with that. And I told him, I'm like, cause I feel like, I don't want not seeing you flirt. Like, I don't feel like I need to right now actively do the work to be okay with that. That's not my goal. My goal is not to be okay watching him flirt and be intimate with women. Eventually, maybe one day that will happen because we are doing the work, but it's not something that I, it's like an end goal. It's not like on my list of things I need to accomplish. Did you ask, was that, was that in the podcast with Shannon? Where you, where you, what Dr. Chavez, where you asked as like, should it be my goal to have no jealousy? Should it, you know, we talk about the relationship escalator and I really appreciated that, that point because I like, even I had this like, okay, I'm either, I'm here where I'm like monogamous. And then there's like this, I've got to get to here and anything that isn't me being like, you know, totally okay with whatever she does and seeing everything or whatever that I'm somehow failing. That was the narrative right. that I started with. I was like, as soon as we got into non-monogamy, I was like, okay, am I going to fail at this? <laughs> we're going to get into. Right. Well, and I can be a bit of a perfectionist. So I'm like, I'm a rule follower when it, when it comes to like, okay, what are the rules? I'm going to do it all. And I'm going to win. I'm going to excel at that. And so when she was like, the end goal is not, you don't have to feel compersion. And I'm like, oh, it like gave me permission to just be present. I'm going to experience each new thing that we do. And I'm going to allow myself to feel the jealousy and wrestle with it myself and wrestle yeah. with it with him and mm-hmm. have those conversations and know that that's a normal fucking feeling. It's normal yeah. to feel jealousy when you see your partner being intimate in a way that makes you uncomfortable mm-hmm. and that's okay. Maybe it is. I have dad issues too. Maybe it's from my dad issues. I can also explore those at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it just feels so good to be able to feel that and simmer in those feelings sometimes. And sometimes we take a break from play so that we can deal with that. And sometimes we mm-hmm. push into it uh, or lean into it and, that's what I love about this mm-hmm. is that we can feel jealousy and we can feel compersion and we can feel all of the things at the same time. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I think, I think, you know, we, we really have over the past, I don't know, year or so not played very much kind of basically with just one couple mm-hmm. and uh, that break though. And, and in the, in that year, was also when this idea of potentially doing the thing that we said we would never do, which is separate dating, came mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And it was, for me, I think it was easier for her at that time. It didn't really, she didn't really have as many insecurities about that as I did. Uh, I didn't love the idea at first, but we talked through it, tried to do it. It didn't really work out. Um, but now there's been some time since we sort of went through that initial process and then we just sort of let it, uh, simmer. Mm-hmm. 
And over the course of the past two or three months, letting it simmer like that, just calm down, stop talking about it all the time. Don't worry about it. We're not going to do it right now. You know, we're busy. I don't think I really have near as many issues with it as I did before. And I didn't, I don't think I did um, any, at least intentional work. Right. You didn't do a worksheet. You didn't do it. You didn't fill out. They kind of get some rest. Well, from it. I can relate to this. So when, when I remember in the beginning, we were both just kind of trying to tell each other, like, who we might find attractive or something like that. So he would tell me one, he told me like one person. And then like the next day I'm like five years into her Instagram. Like who is this? Her pushes. And like a month or two goes by. So he's like, Whoa, like, okay. I'm like, I'm not going to talk to her. Like, wait, I'm like, and like, a couple months goes by and I'm like, Hey, uh, why don't you like see how like so-and-so's going, you know, doing like, have you seen her posts? Right. She's sending me like posts of her. And, like, and I'm like, I don't know. Because I just, <laughs> I'm not looking at that shit. I, <laughs> I had like the time to process yes. and like, and now I know like when it kind of that wave comes, like you start to like, it's, it is like training a muscle, right? Like you just mm. get like, you have that like progressive overload happening. Like, okay. I've like, I started with just learning the movement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now I'm adding a little bit of weight <laughs> and yes. then I'll add some more reps. <laughs> and like, so like, it just kind of like it, it, it has gotten a lot easier and you learn to lean into the jealousy. Like I, I think it's, is been one of the best lessons. And, and you, I definitely heard that when on your podcast with Dr. Chavez, but like you lean into it, you don't try to escape that feeling. And that's how it is with so many things, right? Like you can't just like go around the mountain. You have right. to like, you, you have to like go over it. And so yeah. nobody's going to see that you ran away. <laughs> I, I did the thing that bubbled into my being. And yeah, well, that will show up on the YouTube version. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you want to see all of math antics, you better watch this on YouTube and yeah. like and subscribe. Yeah, so that, that's it's, great. But it's, it's a physical expression because, like, when I feel that feeling, I'm like, oh my God, that's an awful feeling. And it's just because I haven't evolved as a human. And, like, I've got to fight this and we go to battle or we run away, which is what I did there. Yeah. So, yeah. It, uh, it, it's not necessarily when you're, when you're faced with one of these novel news situations, uh, and you have feelings come up, whether it's jealousies, insecurities, whatever it is. It is. I don't think that's necessarily an indication that that thing is inherently bad, whatever that situation no. is. I'm learning. It might be. It might be bad in that moment, and you mm -hmm. should probably step away from it right then. But don't let that fool you into thinking that because it's not a uh, an acceptable thing now, it will never be acceptable right. because there's so many things in this journey that we said early on, we will never do this. <laughs> we will never do that. And then the next time we go to a party, that's the very thing we do in love. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, mm -hmm. you know, just let the emotions happen in the moment and, and do the thing that you need to do to protect yourself in that moment, whether that's get away from it, take a break, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then talk through it later on. And maybe six months later, even though you may not have talked about it again, you might feel very different about that thing. I feel so grateful to be in this community because because of the context in which we have to 
confront these things that hold us back in other areas of our lives. And just for me, at least even internally, like mm-hmm. for as for, you know, there's been discomfort going in, in this direction, but the amount of internal freedom, I've, I mean, despite the, like the amazing thing that it's, you know, the way that it honors where she's at, that it's just, I think we're really, really lucky. And I think that's just yeah. like a really cool opportunity to, mm-hmm. to grow. So of course, I mean, maybe some things will always be the same, but like, of course we, I think we should expect ourselves to grow, but also give ourselves grace to take the time that it takes. Yeah. 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 yeah great point. Yeah. I agree. I think it's made me a better person in my external relationships, like outside yeah. of non-monogamy, like yeah. my work relationship, yeah. my friendships, my, mm-hmm. like in ev- my relationship with my children, like it's made me a better communicator and more mm-hmm. empathetic and compassionate, um, and listening to their struggles and stuff like that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's, you it's can't, cool. you can't be successful and happy in the lifestyle, in a world of consensual non-monogamy without learning the tools necessary uh, to communicate effectively and to navigate problems. Problems are going to come up. They're going to come up. It's going to happen. I don't care how much preparatory work you do, how many scenarios you discussed beforehand, things are going to come up that you didn't expect. And when you learn to, like you say, Matt, give grace to not only other people, but yourself, that stuff spills over into every aspect of your life. You learn to do that in business. You learn to do that with just regular old vanilla friends or the waitress at the restaurant. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that I think is a huge benefit to consensual yes. nominee. It may not be the only way of gaining those skills, mm-hmm. but it can certainly expedite it. Yeah. yeah. When you, when you combine that with the pursuit of pleasure, I think there's, I mean, you know, it's like, it's like maybe for some of us, it's one of the best ways to learn, right? Yeah. And, and I'll tell you that like having so many open, honest conversations with him uh, through this journey, like I've talked to a lot of my vanilla friends who are like, I don't even, I've never had a conversation with my partner in the, you know, 20 years we've been married about what we like. We just sort of do the same thing we did when we were in high school. Like you can have these same kinds of conversations, even if you're not having sex with other people outside your relationship. Mm -hmm. And it can really deepen. Like we've done more freaky shit in the last two years with each other. Yeah. We ever did in the first eight years of our marriage. Like Like, I'm like, you know, brings up a good point. Something was an insecurity of mine now that has become a, tool for learning but this will sound scary like if you're in if you're somebody that is looking to maybe maybe start exploring consensual non-monogamy and you're a man i can promise you now that there's going to come a day that another man pleasures your wife in a way that you didn't know she liked or that you didn't have the skill to do and it's going to cause feelings and it's happened to me and what you're going to if you'll if you'll approach it in the right way you're going huh there's a new tool for my tool bag, not, uh-oh, she likes this guy better than me. Yes. Or, uh-oh, she literally been like, I was, yeah, I was, I was thinking about uh, keto and I said, so if I start to feel clenchy, one thing that will come up to me is I will get way more comparative and there could be a time where I hope that she has like these amazing opportunities for pleasure 
uh, outside of pleasure with me and that she gets those. And I need to remember that those are not a threat to me, that mm -hmm. those are, that those are add-ons, that there's opportunities mm -hmm. for us to learn. And uh, it's hard for me to even wrap around my mind around that that could happen to me too. Like right. I, mm -hmm. I, it's even weird to say it out loud, but that could happen mm -hmm. to me. And even then I need to not feel guilty about that and instead be mm -hmm. like that. That's, that could be an addition, but yet yeah. still be conscious of yeah. her feelings and potential reaction and all that. Like we've talked about. Yeah, you, probably, you, you probably don't want to look at her and go, Hey baby, that woman was way better at giving head than you. You need to take lessons. That's not the way to approach that. I don't think. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about stuff that like, I'm not ready to do yet with him but like he might have an opportunity to do those things with other people. And that, that shouldn't take anything away from me. And, right. you know, but I, there's still like a thought process and, you know, I am a Virgo and I'm Italian. And so I keep track of things. And so <laughs> I'm trying to like, let go of like the tally sheet and, you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm not a Virgo, but I am Italian. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> you freaky horoscope people. I don't know what any of that stuff means. <laughs> I'm a Leo. That probably means I'm great in bed, I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm just proud you know you're a Leo. <laughs> you're great in, bread, great in bed and you're oblivious to the star signs and astrology. That's, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm an idiot. But. And don't ask him about his enneagram. <laughs> oh my oh. gosh! <laughs> my idiot gram? No. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. Well, guys, we uh, this is probably a great time. We've been talking for about an hour, and and I think we could talk for three. Uh, we but, probably. Uh, I hope to. And we will. Yes. Soon. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to see. During the time in Hito where they're just not doing anything and they're right. just hanging around the pool, we'll us. be like, "Hey, guys, come on, get moving, <laughs> doing stuff to be." This is. You know, yeah, that's the. You know, we're so excited about this event because we get to host it and and you know we get to set everything up and it's been a lot of work, but it's been fun. It's it's uh it's it's thrilling for us to get to host it. The the one fear that we have, and we've tried to set everything up and can and, and logistically set things. So we have some time to interact with time. people yeah. and enjoy our own event. But that's the fear we have mm -hmm. is that, um, you know, we're not going to get a chance to talk to the wonderful people like you guys that we're going to really have time to talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just give you our ring number and you just come knock on the door. And, hey, we're yes. Oh. <laughs> well all right well listen thank you so much for being uh, you know open and telling us about your life and sharing i think people will get a lot of benefit out of hearing that while this is incredibly fulfilling lifestyle to lead it's not always easy and it's a struggle for all of us um, but uh, if you're in a solid relationship and willing to do the work it can be incredibly uh, fulfilling yeah, so thank absolutely. you so much for absolutely. being so cool Thank you for yeah, creating the, this community. Um, I'm really grateful to be in community with you all. It was really awesome to speak to you tonight. Well, we'll see you guys here in what, two weeks? Yeah. Yes. About two yes. weeks. Something like that. <laughs> in the warm sand of Jamaica. Yes. Can't wait. Yeah.